Hello and welcome to Let's Dive In. It's our little podcast. Where we have a go at answering questions all about life, the universe and everything in it. I'm Phil. And I'm Julie. So let's dive in. Hi Phil, how's it going? Good, thanks. Really good. Uh, In fact, I've got a joke for you already. Already? Like, at the start of the show? Do do I really have to? (laughs) Okay, all right. I'm listening. I know I may have shocked you coming in this quick, but it's a good one. Uh, What do you call bears with no ears? What? B. B. What? You know, like, b, bears. Like, if you take off the b ears, but ears. Oh, I have to explain it. It's not that funny. Phil, you astound me. Not just with your jokes, but actually, to be fair, your uncanny ability to pick the right joke for the show. Because today's show is all about ears. You're right. It is uncanny. It's almost as if we write the show scripts. But anyway, it's all about earwax, more specifically. Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm seven years old. I'm wondering, is earwax the same as not, but in your ears? Could you imagine if your ears could sneeze earwax out? Look, you'd have to put your hands over each ear to stop it coming out. (laughs) It's so gross. Yuck. Totally yuck. Well, thanks, Hannah, for this great and wonderfully gross question. But before we go to our ear experts for an answer, first... Don't forget to stick around for Ashling's amazing fun fact segment at the end of the show. And second, we actually asked some kids what they think earwax is. I think earwax is something gooey in your ear that you need to get out once in a while when it gets too gunky. A wax that could squeeze down. For candle, Mikey. The stuff in your ears that protects it from harmful microbes and wind. A sort of like dusty, waxy thing that uh, comes from your ears. Something of your body that just comes out like that. Mmm. Okay. Quite interesting. Hmm. Earwax is clearly a mysterious substance for all sorts of things. I think it's time to get the experts in. So let's dive in to earwax. So to answer Hannah's question, we've got ear expert Stace. Well, my name is obviously Stace and I am an audiologist in Australia. And ear expert Pete. I'm Pete Duncan and I'm also an audiologist in Australia. Their ear to help us. Uh (laughs) Yes, okay. Well, they are both audiologists based in Darwin in Northern Australia. And as you'll find out in a minute, it turns out that Darwinian ears are not like other ears. But before we hear the answer, I think we first need to find out what an audiologist does because I had no idea uh, what they did before we spoke to them. So let's find out. You're supposed to say let's dive in. Stace and I, we work together at the same clinic and we'd see quite a range of clients, not just based on age, but based on who is asking them to come in, why they're coming through as well. So it might be people working out on mine sites. It could be kids who have got ongoing ear infections and specialist ear, nose and throat doctors ask us to have a look. 
Or it could be somebody who's had a sudden change to their hearing and then they've received a cochlear implant. We're far north um, in the country compared to a lot of our southern, eastern and western counterparts. So um, <clears throat> ears can be a little bit different up here. But in a general note, we look after everyone from babies all the way through to 100 plus year olds. So we get a bit of a variety every day. I want to first ask about this thing with the different ears. How, how are the ears different? I just thought an ear is an ear. <laughs> that's number one question. Yeah, I was like, that's my now. I go, the cat, what? Have people have different shaped ears? Are they like Vulcans? <laughs> yeah, no, it's more to do with the climate up here. So um, we're situated in the tropics. And so we have quite hot, humid conditions, which causes different conditions within the ear cavity or the ear canal which then basically means that we see different presentations of issues. So um, people who get ear infections, they don't necessarily um, heal as quickly, or as Pete said, they can just be ongoing. Um, so ears can not just be waxy, but they can also be quite pussy. Just so you know, listeners, when we had this call with Stace and Pete, it was very early in the morning for us here in Woking and in Dublin. And it was well before breakfast time. Uh, safe to say that neither of us had much or any breakfast after this call. No, no. But listening back to that, I'm still blown away by the fact that ears are different around the world. And not just in shape and size on the inside, but the environment on the inside and, and and how that's affected by the outside environment. I've got to say, I have absolutely no desire to know what the environment is like inside my ear. <laughs> <laughs> ear, ear. Oh, no, 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 no. So let's get back to Hannah's question. Is earwax the same as not, but in your ears? It is in a way because it is a protective way of stopping bacteria and other things that you don't want staying in your ears, helping move it out. So it acts as a filter and it stops bacteria, certain types of them, making your ear infected. So it's a really important thing. My question is then, like, obviously it's not, like, you. some people pick their nose. Uh, I mean, not not that you can't pick your okay. ears unless you've got really narrow fingers or massive ears. Is it should you be taking earwax out? Like obviously, there's always I'm always been warned about cotton buds. Don't go near them, but they they feel so good. So it's quite a it's quite a challenge for me. So do do you pick your ears? Do you take it out? Do you leave it in? What do you do with earwax? A lot of the people that I see tend to say that their doctors say don't put anything smaller than your elbow in your ear and the first thing anyone tries to do is put their elbow in their ear. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm even hearing it back I'm trying I'm trying again <laughs> you know I did uh, we both tried it on the call it was literally the first thing we tried to do and I've got to say I wish there were videos of us trying to do this because we look so ridiculous I did not get my elbow into my ear. No, no, it's quite difficult. Maybe I should try to get my elbow into Avi and my wife's ear. Maybe I just there's an experiment to do here. Mm, that's your evening plan then. Yeah, fun night ahead. But as Stace and Pete told us, we should not be taking the earwax out of our ears. But that led us to the question where we wanted to know how the earwax got in there in the first place. So the wax is made in the outer third of the ear canal. 
and you've got two glands that are putting out fluid. One of them is um, putting out like a, a waxy sort of substance, the other is more like a sweat, and it's a mixture of that, some alcohol, cholesterol, and skin, dead skin, that's moved from close to the drum out to the opening of your ear. The cells in the ear are actually, they migrate. So if you put a dot in the center of your eardrum, over time you can actually watch and track that dot make its way out because the cells move out and then, yeah, basically they replace themselves. So that's how the wax is moved out to. Mm. Quick note, don't try to do that yourself. Only bad things can happen. Leave the drawing on eardrums to the professionals. But what you could do instead, which is something that I like to do, is discuss the eardrum and the ear and the earwax with your family and friends, which is what I did with my kids at the breakfast table after we spoke to Stace and Pete. As you are known to do. Indeed. And, you know, I like to chat these shows through with the kiddos. They give me a, like, a real insight into how the kids' brains work. And by insights, I mean, you know... They've just got such curiosity, wonderful questions, things I've never even considered. And most of the things I take totally for granted. Yeah, it's amazing how many they have. I mean, they've got lobes of them. Ba-dum-dum-ps. Aha, that's, that's the uh, eardrum roll. Ah, oh, that's David and I've pad jokes. So I was just telling the kids about the earwax and, you know, all the stuff that we just heard from Stace and Pete about how it was made and, and how it moves through the ear. And Nova asked me this. How long does it take for earwax to get out of your ears when it's made? Yeah, it's basically on par with your fingernails. So how long it takes them to grow is going to be the rate of progress of that little dot as it moves out of the ear canal. So... Yeah, it might be two, four weeks, and then it's going to come out. Uh, and when you say come out, like, obviously, I mean, like, when I, like, again, this is not an analogy. If I sneeze, it comes out. Like, does it cut it? Like, because I never had, like, lumps of it come out. Do, you, do your ears sneeze is what he's asking. Yeah, cut, or leak. <laughs> yeah, so it just comes out. It's just secreted um, in little amounts similar to sweat. Um, and it just sort of, with your body temperature, it goes quite viscous, which is a bit of a, a fancy term for runny. Um, and it essentially just, yeah, it just comes out and it's just secreted out. Sometimes if it is um, drier and harder, it does come out in clumps. What do you think it's for? Mm, to block your hearing. And to tell you that you need to clean it? Candle making. I don't know. For lighting candles. I think that earwax is there to protect your ears. I don't know. What Stace and Pete say, it seems that earwax has quite a few uses, from keeping our ears clean... ..to letting us know if our ears are healthy or not. Are there different types of earwax around the world? There's two main types of earwax. You've got the wet type and the dry type. And it's really interesting. So anthropologists have looked at how people have migrated to different points based on, you know, what sort of earwax they've got in different communities. Is that quite obvious, the spread geographically? Like, could you say people in this part of the world have this kind of earwax and people on the other part of the world have that kind of earwax? 
Most definitely. So there's very strong links to areas in China and Japan for the dry earwax. But then you've got people who've migrated to Japan later on who do have the wet form as well. So it's really those sort of when people have arrived at different spots is uh, basically marked by genetic difference. So it is pretty cool. So um, around First Nations people of North America and populations in East Asia, that's where you'd see mostly dry wax. That's so interesting. So what about what about in Australia? What, what's the earwax over there like? Um, I probably come across the more wet type of earwax where it's kind of looks like a yellow honey consistency. If it's been in there for a while, it tends to look like a dark brown kind of jelly-like consistency. If it's been in there for a long time and it's hard to get out, it's nice and black and hard. Do you think it smells? No. It's not smelly? No. Mine smells. What is yours smell of? Of skunks. Skunks? Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know what it smells like, but I wish it smells like chocolate or something tasty. What do you think it smells like? Blood and poop. I don't like earwax because I've tried it and I recommend you don't try it because it doesn't not taste nice very much. I kind of want to know and I kind of don't want to know. But here goes. Little experiment. What is your earwax like right now? You mean like what does it look like or what does it yeah. taste like? Yeah. What does it look like? Smell like? If you're up for it, oh. what does it taste like? Okay. <laughs> so what's the what's the what's the biggest thing? Like my nothing nothing that smaller, smaller than, than your elbow. So you've got to use so your elbow, elbow to get it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no, then... no, no. Just use a fingernail or something to okay, get I'm it out. Okay, I'm trying to scrape a bit of the edge. Okay, I've got a little bit. It's kind of yellowy orange. Uh, I'm just gonna. I gotta. I gotta. Okay. I gotta. I don't know. I gotta lick it. No, smell it first. Smell it first. I'll smell it first. Okay. It doesn't smell of anything. Okay. But I don't think so. Okay. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. No, that's not tasty. Oh no. What does it taste like? Ah, that's not pleasant. Like I want to say earwax, but it's just like (laughs) like a sharp. Ah, it's oh, it's just. Now it's all that I can taste. That's oh oh oh! oh I need some water. No no, that's a bad idea. Don't yeah. Nobody do that. Okay, oh, so you don't need to ask me to do that then. So kids, that's the end of the Would show. You... <laughs> oh, I've been mad. <laughs> no, all right, all right. For the for the spirit of science, I will for have science, a go to. Julie, for science, Julie. For science, all right. Eat your earwax. So okay, um, left ear or right ear? Which one? Oh, which one do you sleep on? My left mostly oh well then try your left one because i think so depending on so i heard that once that whatever ear you sleep on because it's actually hotter sometimes you get more earwax in that ear if you sleep now it's obviously it's it might be a while since you've slept but <laughs> it's been I, a I, while. i'm gonna go with left ear go left ear all right left ear left ear ready yeah well I, i'm fine with this i just want to hear you your <laughs> moment okay nice lovely okay here we go okay, okay. Right, it's very waxy, oily. Okay. I'm going to put it in the light. It's a quite a light yellow colour, a bit like... Okay. Describing it a bit looks like the honey that Stace was talking about, sort of like honey-style consistency. Okay, most important question, does it taste like honey? <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> oh, okay, well, does it smell like honey to start with? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't smell, smell of, anything? of anything. No, okay, good. Okay, That's a right. good sign. 
Do I have to do this next bit? You do have to do this because <laughs> okay. I did it. And now everybody, everybody who's listening to the podcast, the five people who listen to our podcast are also going to do this. Okay. So please eat it. <laughs> I'm not going to eat it. I'm just going to lick it. <laughs> okay, just, okay, just do it. Do it, do it. Okay. Go on, taste it, taste it, taste your earwax. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. That's unpleasant. Listeners, you've no idea the like the joy in seeing Julie's face scrunch up and going. That's, Yuck. That's no, it's you're right. It's like a, it's quite an acidic taste. Um, are, are we being proper scientists now? By well, I'm, like, you know, like I'm trying to rub it on different parts of my tongue with all the taste buds to see which bit is the most. And that's where we'll end it, folks, because this is getting nasty. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe, uh, but also stay around for Ashling's fun facts, which are actually fun as opposed to licking your own earwax. <laughs> Bye. Mm, no, not mm, yuck. Da, 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 it's fun fact time. Here's a riddle for you. For as large as I am, you will be awed that all I really eat is a humble arthropod. Every year I travel to the North or South Pole, despite having no feet and only one blowhole. And while I am famous for my melodious song, it's my earwax that tells tales decades long. What am I? Right, okay, so I was pretty sure you were a whale until that last line. <laughs> what? That's right, though. <laughs> Yeah, we're whale earwax. Of, of like, of course, you'd go there for the fun fact. You big weird nerd. <laughs> yes, you cannot stop me from picking weird animal facts and making up riddles about it. <laughs> we might try. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, what is special about this whale earwax? I mean, what does it even look like? It differs by whale species. Sometimes it's dark and brittle, and sometimes it's soft and gooey. Oh, oh, you put me off. I have tea and I have honey on my biscuits. I don't ask why, but it looks like earwax. Oh, I don't want to eat it now. Blue whales specifically can end up with waxy earplugs that are about the size and consistency of a really big carrot that's spent too much time in the fridge and, you know, is kind of dehydrated and bendy. Ew, you put me off mine too now. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Ashlyn. And it takes a lot to put Judy off her carrots. I do like carrots. Um, I mean, how, how do they have so much earwax? Blue whales, they don't have an external opening to their ear canals like we do. The fatty secretion of wax just keeps building and building up over their entire lifetimes. So with all this waxy buildup, are old whales like just nearly deaf? Like are they like, back in my day, the krill were... Wait, what? How did you... Speak up. I can't even hear you, Moby. And I don't even like that song. <laughs> Actually, even though we both have ear canals, whales don't exactly hear like humans do. Some whales use the bones in their jaws to receive sound waves underwater. And all that wax actually might make diving a little more comfortable for them. Actually, that does make sense. Because when you go diving or scuba diving underwater, a lot of the pressure buildup above you can make your eardrums really hurt. So the whales then with lots of fatty earwax and less air in their ears won't have that problem as much. Yeah, so now that we've established what whale earwax is, here's the fun fact. That Wait, 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 that, the other bit before wasn't the fun fact? No, whale earwax is a time capsule of ocean history. Whoa. What time capsule? Like they put old magazine. What, what? How does that work? 
Well, okay. Some whales, like the big old blues, they can live as long as humans do, 80 to 90 years. And over their entire lifespans, blue whales go on these long winter migrations and then spend summers binge eating krill. And this annual cycle shows up in their earwax in alternating light and dark bands. Oh my goodness, that is so cool. So you could actually count the earwax bands to guess how old the whale is? Yeah. Oh, that's that's like the trees and their tree rings. Exactly. So scientists can measure other things in this waxy time capsule too, like the whale's stress hormone levels or when certain pollutants like mercury and pesticides make their way up the food chain. Whoa, that, that's a lot of like little stories captured in whale earwax. Yeah, but the story isn't over yet. Some scientists are using these evidence-based waxy time capsules to try and sway the public and policymakers to do more to tackle climate change, to protect ocean ecosystems, and cause less stress to the largest animal that has ever existed on Earth. Largest animal that ever existed and part of our largest challenge of tackling climate change and pollution. Yes, it is up to us. And by us, I mean everyone. Not just the three of us. <laughs> the fact is, save whales, save the planet. Yes, and, and not just the, the country. Oh Yeah, yeah, but them too. Them too. So save whales and the whales? Oh yeah, yeah we'd have to save whales. Which one is which? I'm sure we're saving the boat. I mean, if we just look after them, we'll be back. Thank you all so much for making it to the end of our Let's Dive In show. We love making these shows for you. But of course, there's more to it than just having some fun. This show wouldn't be possible without Science Foundation Ireland. Our coordinators Lorna, Sharon and Avian at UCD Explore. And of course, the one who oversees it all, Nikki Coughlin. And the one who oversees Nikki and everything else, Suzanne Kelly. Finally, a big huge and giant thank you goes to you our listeners for listening and also for sending in your questions without you we wouldn't have a show so please like share subscribe and give us a review if you've enjoyed it and if you feel so inclined i mean we're very much obliged so thank you and And bye. bye